Amen. Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Man, don't despise the day of small beginnings. You know, 1 Corinthians is a powerful book. I wish I had time to put all this in context. But in the second chapter, Paul is writing to the Corinthians for a number of reasons. But one of them, his, he's, he brought the gospel to the Corinthians and shared it with them. But then there were people that came in and started preaching the law and saying, look, you may have gotten born again under Paul, but he's wrong to preach that you don't have to be a Jew, you don't have to keep the festivals, you don't have to keep the rituals, you don't have to be circumcised, you don't have to keep the Sabbath. And they started putting the people back under the law. And so Paul was writing to defend his authority as an apostle over these people. And he was also trying to stop all this division. Some people were saying, I'm of Paul, another I'm of Cephas, and another I'm of Apollos, and another I'm of Christ. And so there was division. And Paul, that's what the book of 1 Corinthians was written for, to straighten that out and to stop the abuse that was going on in church services. So that's what the whole book of 1 Corinthians was written for. And in the second chapter, Paul is really defending his apostleship and telling these people that it wasn't just him that came there. God supernaturally ordained him and anointed him and that this was God that ministered through him. So these are the points that he's making in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And in verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the uh, testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And these are powerful statements. Paul said he wasn't an eloquent speaker. Matter of fact, later on, he says that my speech is contemptible. Paul was not a great public speaker. But you know what? Paul had the demonstration of the power in his life. And this is what I've been talking about is about how we need the Holy Spirit. We need to be flowing in the Spirit of God and seeing miracles. You know, I had somebody talking to me this morning how about 30 years ago they used to be in meetings where miracles took place and words of knowledge happened and things like this. And they hadn't seen this in 30 years. It's a shame. But... It's sad to say, even quote-unquote spirit-filled churches are now so concerned about doing a user-friendly or a seeker-friendly service that we run them in and out and there's no time for God to move and there's no time for people to get prayed for. And you can go into the average spirit-filled church today and give an invitation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and 50% of the people will come up and receive it because they don't even have it. It's a shame. Paul wasn't operating like that. He says he didn't come in excellency of speech or anything, but he used the power of Christ. And in verse 3, he says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He flowed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Paul saw Eutychus raised from the dead. Paul saw great miracles. The emphasis... As they talk about him was on his teaching, but Paul operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as a matter of fact, just following this line of thinking, he said over in the fourth chapter, he had been defending himself and saying, I'm going to do all of these things. And finally, he said this in the fourth chapter and in um, verse 19, he says, But I will come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 
And if you were to read all of this and put it in context, what he's saying is he had been defending himself and he says, finally, all right, when I come, uh, we aren't going to sit here and just listen to this argument and that argument. He says, we'll know the power. He says, those of you who are seeing people raised from the dead, those of you who are seeing blind eyes open, those of you that the power of God's operating in you, you, you can say something. If you haven't seen miracles, shut up. That's basically the approach. You know what? If we were to use that today... Uh, that would stop a lot of arguments. There's a lot of people criticizing today and, and they have this opinion and that opinion. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 20, that the Lord went with them, worked with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders following. If a person is truly preaching the word of God, there should be some demonstration of it. There ought to be the miraculous results. And if they aren't getting miraculous results then just write Ichabod over them. That's what in the Old Testament means the glory has departed. And if they aren't flowing in the power of the Holy Spirit, well then, you know what? You shouldn't fear them. You shouldn't take their opinion. It's quiet in here. I know that this is really a different approach, but this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. I didn't come in excellency of speech. I determined to operate in the power of God and all of the people who were his critics, they had this doctrine and this opinion, but they didn't have any power operating in their life. That's pretty strong. If we were just to boil it down to who's got the power of God operating in their life, we could, uh, uh, we could get rid of a lot of people who are complaining. And here's the reason that he did it. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Then in verse 6, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God hath ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So Paul is saying we aren't just using man's wisdom. We are operating in the power of God. But then he comes back and he says, now this doesn't mean that we aren't speaking wisdom. It's just not the wisdom of this world. It's a godly wisdom. It's a wisdom that we receive directly from God, but it counters the natural way of thinking. You know, you'll hear people today talk about, well, this is just common sense. Common sense means it's common. Amen. That it's natural. But the wisdom that is from God isn't natural. Like, for instance, when I was talking about the offering a while ago and, and living to be a blessing more than you are to be blessed, then you know what? When you get that mindset, that is different than the way that the world thinks. This is the reason it's so hard for so many people to grab hold of this because common sense, man's wisdom is, no, I've got to take care of myself and I've got to put myself and my family first. And if I don't take care of me, nobody else will. That's common sense. That's natural wisdom. But in the scripture's way of thinking, no, the way to increase is to give. The way up is down. It's exactly opposite the way that the world thinks. And so this is what Paul's referring to. He says, I'm speaking wisdom. This makes perfect sense according to the Bible, but it's not carnal wisdom. If the, if the natural people, the princes of this world would have understood spiritual wisdom, they would have never crucified Christ because they played right into the hands of God. They did exactly what he prophesied they would do, that they actually made him the atonement. If they would have known, they would have done everything they could not to crucify Christ. 
But they played right into it because the devil, he's not stupid, but he's not smart. He operates in the world's way of thinking. Natural people cannot understand spiritual things. As a matter of fact, it goes right on down to say this. In verse 9, it says, For it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them. And you will often have people take these exact verses and say, well, we just can't know the things of God. God works in mysterious ways. I hadn't seen nor ears heard. We can't know the things of God. Further along, we'll understand why. Further along, we'll know all about it. And they sing these songs and they, they just embrace that while we're here in this earth, you just got to basically stumble along and you don't understand the things of God. The things of God are higher than our ways. And this is a scripture that's being quoted, an Old Testament scripture. But look at the next verse, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. In the Old Testament, it was said, I hath not seen, nor ear hath heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for him. In the Old Testament, it said, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders perform. And people have taken those and they've adopted it. But in the New Testament, through the Holy Spirit, God has revealed unto us these hidden things. In the New Testament, you aren't supposed to be ignorant of spiritual things. We have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. 1, Corinthians, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 says, You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Amen. And some people think, well, that's not true. I can prove to you by my last test score that I don't know all things. I can prove to you I couldn't find my glasses this morning, and they were on top of my head. I don't know all things. This isn't talking about your little peanut brain, but in your spirit, you know all things. You have the mind of Christ. And here's what I'm trying to get to today, that the Spirit hath revealed these unto us. The Holy Spirit, one of the greatest benefits of the Holy Spirit is to reveal all things to you, mysteries to you. And this is what Paul is speaking about. He says in verse 6, we are speaking wisdom, but it's not the wisdom of the world. It's the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. How did he get this wisdom it, that was in the mystery revealed to him. How did this become alive to him? It goes on to say in verse 14, it says, um, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. If you try and understand God with your little peanut brain, you're going to miss him. If you try and figure out, now let's see, I've got $100 and I need 120 so I'm $20 short. And if I was to pay my tithe, which is $10 on this hundred, instead of being $20 short, I'm going to be $30 short. I can't do it. I can't give. That's natural wisdom. That's the way that a natural man thinks. But if you could think spiritually and understand what the word says, by you giving that $10 and only having 90, God is going to multiply it back a hundredfold. So a hundred times 10 would be a thousand and you'll wind up with a thousand and ninety dollars versus somebody that kept the hundred and is still twenty dollars short. 
It doesn't make sense to the natural mind, but this is what God says and it works and it's spiritual wisdom. And you can't figure that out with your little peanut brain. Math is never going to show you that tithing works. Math doesn't take into account a hundred times return on everything that you give. But if you could think spiritually, it'll work. You'll be better off giving than you are by keeping. That's what the word says. And, and Paul is saying that it takes the spirit to reveal this unto you. So keep your finger here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now look in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in verse 1 he says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. When you are speaking in tongues, you aren't really blessing other people. You aren't communicating with them because nobody understands what you're saying. But it says that in the spirit... You're speaking mysteries. Go down to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. When you are speaking in tongues, it's your spirit's praying. That the part that has the mind of Christ, the part that has the unction from God and it knows all things... The part of you that is spiritual, that allows you to have spiritual discernment. The part of you that the Holy Spirit promised that he would teach you all things and lead you into all truth and bring all things to your remembrance. When you are praying in tongues, you are moving out of this natural realm, which is limited in its ability to perceive and understand. And you are moving into the spiritual realm that is unlimited, that knows all things, that has the mind of Christ, that is giving spiritual discernment. And you are speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery is what it says. You are speaking the mysteries in the spirit. Now go back to first. Uh, Corinthians chapter 2, and here's what Paul said in verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And he spends the rest of the chapter showing that you can't get this in your natural mind. It has to be revealed by the Spirit. Let me ask you this. Where did Paul get this wisdom from? Where did Paul get this revelation? Paul wrote half of the New Testament. Paul is the one. He never sat under the ministry of Jesus. He was antagonistic towards Jesus during his physical ministry, and he was out to kill Christians. And it was only after the ascension of, of Jesus that Paul had an encounter with God and became a Christian and he didn't sit under the physical ministry. And yet the disciples who were with Jesus every hour of every day for three and a half years and who heard Jesus talk, talk, did not know Jesus as well as the apostle Paul. Paul had a greater revelation of who Jesus was and what he came to do than Peter, James, and John. Matter of fact, Peter referred to this over, I believe it was 1 Peter chapter 5. It is the last chapter of either 1 or 2 Peter. And Peter said, our beloved brother Paul speaks of these things 
in which are some things hard to be understood. Here's Peter saying, man, it's hard sometimes to understand what, Pete, what Paul is saying, which those who are unlearned and unstable wrestle as they do other scripture. The apostle Peter put the stamp of approval and said, Paul's writings are scripture. And Peter was rebuked openly by Paul in Galatians chapter 1. Paul wrote about it. When he was in Jerusalem, he didn't say anything in Peter's home church. He didn't want to embarrass Peter or attack him in front of his local congregation. But when Peter came to Antioch, Paul stood up and rebuked him openly and told him that he was not operating in the truth of the gospel. He was falling back into Judaism. He would be what we call today... Uh, uh, what do they call that? Huh? Messianic Jew. He was going to go back and revive all of the Jewish customs and he wanted to, of course, keep Christianity, but let's mix it back with Judaism. And Paul rebuked him openly and told him, man, you are wrong. You're a hypocrite. I'm not going there. But anyway... Here's Paul who had this tremendous revelation that shocked the people who had lived with Jesus for three and a half years. How did Paul get this? Here's Paul in his own words saying, I'm speaking the wisdom of God that's been in mystery form. How did he get it? When you pray in tongues, you are praying the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. 1 Corinthians 14, 14, when you pray in an unknown tongue, your spirit is praying, the part of you that knows all things. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, 13, it says, if any man pray in tongues, let him also pray that he may interpret. You know, the simple answer to where Paul got this tremendous revelation and how did he have such a revelation of God? You know, the simple answer is that when he received salvation and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 9, Paul went out into the desert by his own admission, Galatians chapter 1, for three years and was shut up in the desert. And I'm sure that a part of what was going on, he was saying, God, I was so sure I was right and I was killing and persecuting Christians and now I know that I was wrong. How do these scriptures reconcile? How could Jesus be the Messiah? How could it be the way that Jesus is teaching when I was taught this other way? And he was praying and asking God for revelation and he was praying in tongues and the Holy Spirit began to give him supernatural revelation. He began to interpret his tongue. He, he said, I pray in tongues more than you all. He was speaking the hidden wisdom of God. And as you speak in tongues, it's just like that there's this huge dam here and all of a sudden you open up the floodgate and you let all of this life and this mystery and the power and the anointing that's in the Spirit start flowing through you. And I tell you, it changes your ability to understand and perceive things spiritually. When you are praying in tongues, you are speaking this wisdom of God and all you've got to do is interpret it and then you don't have to go around saying, well, further along we'll understand why. Further along we'll know all about it. No, you can begin to start understanding right now. The Spirit hath revealed it unto us. It's what it says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. You can, the Holy Spirit can give you supernatural revelation. 
You know, my personal testimony is that when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and when I started speaking in tongues, I was still in the Baptist church and God was showing me things contrary to what the Baptists teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, but even more about being righteous and God not dealing with us based on our performance, but it was based on grace. And I was getting little bits and pieces of this, but man, it was so radically different than what I had heard that I just could not embrace it. I wanted to embrace it, but I couldn't put it together. And uh, when Jamie and I first got married, I would sit down. What I would typically do is get down, sit down in the morning, and I had a legal pad of paper, and I, a guy recently came up to me that I had given this to, and he showed it to me, and I saw this uh, just, I don't know, four or five years ago or something like that. Maybe it's been 10 years when Joseph died. How long has it been? Anyway, it's been a long time. But anyway, he brought this paper up to me. I'd given it to him. And I had written down just the scripture references of scriptures that I knew had something powerful to say to me, but it, I just could not seem to get it. And I had just written the references down, not one on a line, but just solid all the way across this. There was probably a thousand or two thousand scripture references front and back on three pages of legal paper and then what I would do, I'd written down these references and I would get up every morning and I would sit down and I would start writing those references out longhand. This before we had computers. This is back, what? Long time ago. This, <laughs> we got married in 72, so this is probably 73 or 74. And I would just write those scripture references out word for word. And the reason I do that is because as I wrote it, I'd have to slow down and think about every word as I wrote it. And I would spend 15 hours a day for six months or seven months just writing out a thousand scriptures every day and going back over and saying, God, what does this mean? How can I be righteous? How can you not impute sin unto me? How is it that I am justified just as if I've never sinned? How is it that as Jesus is, so am I in this world? And I would write these scriptures out and just pray about it. And then, you know what I'd do after I'd done that for 12, 15 hours a day? We were living in a little apartment in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. And we had uh, one closet. And I would go and move the shoes to the side. And so that Jamie wouldn't have to leave the apartment, I'd physically get in that closet and close the door and sit down and pray in tongues for one to two or three hours and say, God, give me revelation. Show me what this means. Believing that when you're praying in tongues, you're praying the hidden wisdom of God, that you're speaking the mysteries of God. And I'd pray and then say, oh God, help me to interpret. What do these mean? What am I saying? I know that my spirit understands this, but my mind doesn't understand it. And I did that nearly every day for six months or seven months. And then uh, this is back during our poverty days. I didn't understand prosperity and we actually lost the place where we were living and had to move back in with my mother. <laughs> and over the summer, we were living with my mother, married, and I wasn't able to make it, moved back in with my mother and I continued to pray. And I mean, it's like, boom, somebody turned a light on and in one week's time, God put all of these different 
things that I had seen together and I began to understand how it fit. I got revelation. I mean, in one week's time, my whole life changed. Basically, everything I'm teaching today, I got about 1973 in one week's time. I got the outline of it. Now I'm filling in the details. I've got better ways of explaining it and understanding it. But I got this message, uh, what would that be, nearly... 30 years ago, 27 years ago or something, I got this message through taking scriptures, studying them, praying in tongues, asking God for wisdom, and then boom, in one week's time, God just supernaturally imparted it unto me. It came through the Spirit, not through my brain. And it has changed people's lives. I'm seeing people's lives changed by the freedom and the liberty of understanding the gospel versus religion, the way it's been preached. And you know how it came? By praying in tongues, studying the Word. It wasn't only praying in tongues. It was studying the Word. It's using my brain, but at the same time, praying in tongues and believing that as you speak in tongues, you're speaking the hidden wisdom of God and asking God for interpretation. So if all of these things be true, and if this is what the Apostle Paul did, based on, this is the same letter to the same group of people. This isn't a disjointed thought. You've got to remember that men are the ones that put the chapter and verse divisions in the Bible for reference, and it's okay, we use it to help show exactly which sentence we're wanting to refer to. But you can't think that it's a separate thought. This is the same letter to the same people, and in the same letter where he says, I'm speaking the hidden wisdom of God, he told them that when you are praying in tongues, you are speaking mysteries in the Spirit. It's your spirit that's praying, the part of you that has the mind of Christ. If you put all of this together, this was the same letter. It's the Apostle Paul telling you how it was that he understood this. How it is that Paul knew Jesus better than the people who had physically lived with him for three and a half years. How do you come to know God that way? How do you understand the things of God? One of the ways is that you pray in tongues. You pray in the Spirit and you ask God to interpret that tongue to you and it give you understanding. And by the Spirit, these things are revealed to you. I hadn't seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them. You can't get it by your brain, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. If we would flow in the Spirit, if we would pray in tongues and welcome the Holy Spirit to instruct us, you could have supernatural understanding. You do not have to go around saying, well, I'm only human. I just don't understand things. I'm not only human. One-third of me is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. One-third of me has the mind of Christ. One-third of me has an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things, and all i got to do is draw it out. There's no reason you have to go through life just saying, well, we just can't know the things of God and we just have to stumble through. No, God gave you the Holy Spirit and he will show you things to come. John chapter 16, verse 13. That's one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to show you things in advance. He will explain scripture to you. You know, I'm not against different translations I use some different translations and look at them. But I have so many people say, oh, that King James is so hard to understand. Well, you know what? If you get a translation that makes it so you don't have to use your heart and pray and have God reveal truth to you, then I can guarantee you it has watered down and diluted the truth to the point that it's only reaching your brain and not your heart. The Word of God, for God to write His thoughts down and you're supposed to be able to just totally understand it by just a very casual look at the Scripture, 
You're missing God. For you to think that you can figure God out with your little peanut brain, you're missing something. Man, the Bible isn't hard if you take it and pray and say, God, what does this mean? It's not hard for me to take thee and mean that that means you. I mean, that's not a major stretch. I'm not against other translations. You can use whatever, but I'm saying some people are trying to reduce the word so that you don't have to use your heart. You don't have to trust God to get an interpretation. You're just wanting it totally explained to you. And anybody who totally explains it, every scripture has multi-levels to it. You can never mind the depths of one single scripture. I'm still studying scriptures that I've been studying for 41 years and getting brand new things out of them that I've never seen before. It's like a mine. You never tap all of the reserves. There is more in the Word of God than anybody could ever get out. And if you get it so that it's just so totally clear, I can guarantee you they have taken a surface knowledge of the Word and they have diluted it. And so if that be true, well, then you know what? It really doesn't matter about whether it's thee or thou and music is spelled M-U-S-I-C-K instead of M-U-S-I-C. It's not that hard. If you'll pray about it, the Holy Ghost can explain things to you and you can get a revelation of the Word of God. But it's not written to your head. It's written to your heart. And we've got to start using our heart. We've got to start depending on the Holy Spirit and believing that one of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit, John 14, 26, when the Holy Spirit, when the Comforter, that is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, when He has come, He will teach you all things and lead you into all truth and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have spoken unto you. Man, that is powerful. You can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit and get what the Bible has to say. The Holy Spirit is the author. If you have the author on the inside of you, all you got to do is ask and be patient and be focused enough to listen and he will explain the word to you. Man, that is powerful. I don't know if you understand how powerful that is, but the average person depends on somebody else to tell them what the word of God has to say. That's not the way that God intended it. Matter of fact, you know, a passage of scripture over in Hebrews chapter 8 that often people misinterpret. It talks about that uh, in this new covenant, you will not tell your neighbor and your brother, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least unto the greatest. And people interpret that as talking about that every Jew is going to be born again. Because in the previous verses, it was talking about a promise made to the Israelites. And people interpret that, that every Jew is going to be born again. But if you take it and read it, it's a covenant about the new covenant that you are going to, he's going to put a new heart and a new spirit within you. And this is the covenant that I will make with them. I will be merciful to their sins and iniquities and their, their I mean, I will be merciful to their uh, unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities. I'll remember no more. He was talking about the covenant that you and I live under. And when he says that you will not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they will all know me. This isn't saying that all of any group of people are going to be saved. It's talking about all believers, all people who put faith in the Lord are going to know God personally. You aren't going to have to learn about it from somebody else and say, this is the way that God is. But every born-again believer will know God personally. You will have the Holy Spirit inside of you to instruct you and show you God personally. 
That's the reason that we don't have a person with their collar turned around backwards that has to stand between us and God and tell us what God's will for us is. This is the reason that we are all kings and priests of the Lord and we can go directly to God and we can receive directly from God. The Holy Spirit is sent to instruct you, but you have to draw it out. It's like having a well. You got all of this life-giving water on the inside, but it does you no good. You could lean up against the well and die of thirst if you can't get it out of that well. And there are Christians that have the life of God, this hidden wisdom, all of the ability of God. The Holy Spirit is sent to be our teacher and our comforter. They have them right on the inside of us, inches away from your brain and never draw it out. And we're dying and we're perishing. The Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And we're perishing and and people have just accepted, well, I can't know the things of God. I just don't understand. That's what the Holy Spirit is given to you for. And when you start speaking in tongues, it's just like flipping a switch and turning on the Holy Spirit. When you are speaking in tongues, you are praying the hidden wisdom of God. And you are given this command, 1 Corinthians 14, 13. When you pray in tongues, pray also that you interpret. So we are encouraged to interpret. You can interpret your tongue. You don't have to just pray the hidden wisdom of God and not receive any benefit from it. You can understand what you're saying. Man, that's awesome. If y'all really were understanding what I'm saying, you'd be more excited than what you are. Man, this is like, this is like a gold mine. This is one of the most important things could ever... We've got the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God that created the universe living on the inside of us. And how many times do you need direction and you need to know, God, what should I do in this situation? How should I do it? And we just, we go and ask somebody else to pray with us. But we never switch on, flip the switch and let the Holy Spirit teach us and interpret to us. We want somebody to give us a prophecy or something, but we don't draw on the power of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us. Man, we've got the answer. Whatever your problem is, the Holy Spirit is not overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit is not wringing His hands. I couldn't tell you how many people come to me and, well, should I keep taking my medicine or should I quit? Should I do this? Should I buy this? Should I do that? And they ask me a million questions. I say, how do I know? And I said, that's what the Holy Spirit's given to you for. Why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? Why don't you let the Holy Spirit lead you? And most people don't ever think about drawing on the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead them. Well, I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. Well, one of the ways is start praying in tongues and say, Father, show me what to do. Interpret to me. You know, when I first started learning this, I learned this accidentally. I just knew that speaking in tongues was powerful. I knew it was doing something on the inside of me. And it took me two years of praying in tongues before I got to where it was really, I believed it was really God. For two years, I struggled thinking, oh, this is me. This is the flesh. This isn't God. I had so much Baptist in me that even after I received speaking in tongues, I still struggled with it. And I'm not going to spend time, but I had a couple of miraculous things that confirmed to me that it was God. I would have, uh, Satan would have killed me if I hadn't have spoken tongues. When I spoke in tongues, this demonic thing was broken and I thought, man, this is powerful. It works. But anyway, I finally got 
satisfied that speaking in tongues was of God. And so I started forcing myself to pray in tongues an hour, two, three, four, five hours a day. I'd just pray in tongues and pray in tongues because I knew it was doing something. I didn't understand it. And as I would pray in tongues, here's something that those of you that don't pray in tongues a lot may not have ever thought of. But when you're praying in tongues, again, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, when you pray in tongues, your spirit is praying, not your brain. You aren't talking from your brain. You're talking from your spirit, the part that has the life of God in it. So what do you do with your brain? You can't just switch your brain off. Some people kind of look like they have, but in truth, <laughs> your, your mind is always thinking. You can't just not think. And so if your brain isn't praying, what do you do with your brain while you're speaking in tongues? Well, I decided that I'd start praying with my mind, with my understanding while I was praying in tongues. I don't know if any of you have ever done this experiment, but you know, you could take a passage of scripture and start reading just in your mind, not out loud, just reading in your mind. And then out loud, try and quote, Mary had a little lamb. It would have been a sheep, but it joined the Baptist church and died from lack of sleep. Just quote something like that, amen. And you try and quote something from your mind and read with your mind, and you know what? You can't do it. You will either go towards what you're saying or you will go towards what you're reading and you'll falter in what you're saying, but you can't do two different things like that with your mind. But you know what you can do? You can pray in tongues and read the Bible and have total comprehension and actually comprehend it better and receive it better. You know why? Because it's not your brain praying. It's your spirit praying. So when you pray with your spirit, you got to do something with your mind while you're praying in tongues. So I just started praying in English with my uh, brain while I was speaking in tongues with my mouth. And as I did this, I'd just be praising God and interceding and doing things. And I mean, this happened dozens of times before I connected the dots. But I'd be praying in tongues and all of a sudden I'd start praying about somebody I hadn't even thought about in years. Hadn't seen them in months. And I'd start praying about them. And as I'd start praying, God would start showing me things that needed to happen in their life and things that God was wanting to do. And I'd start praying and interceding for them. And then, I mean, it happened like clockwork. Within one or two days, I'd see these people that I hadn't seen in months or in years. They just all of a sudden were there. And when they came, I knew what to minister to them because I'd already been praying for them. And at first I thought, well, that was a coincidence. And after a number of supernatural coincidences, I finally figured out that, you know what? I'm praying in tongues and my spirit is praying for things. And as I'm praying in English, I'm getting inspired and directed by my spirit what to pray for. And it got to the point that as I was praying in English with my brain, as I was praying in tongues with my mouth, I would expect God to inspire me and lead me in what to pray for with my mind. And I started seeing miracles happen and things happen. Matter of fact, Oral Roberts was sharing with us just a, a couple of months ago. I was at his home and there was a number of pastors there and he was talking about these very things. And Oral Roberts was talking about praying with Billy Graham. And Billy Graham wanted all of them to pray, his wife and, 
And they went around and Billy prayed and Ruth and all these. And when it got around to oral, he just started praying in tongues. And he prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues. And then God showed him. And he says, you don't know how to pray in English until you've prayed in tongues. You need to access the spirit before you can effectively pray in English. And after he prayed in tongues for like 10 minutes, then he prayed in English And he told Billy, he says, I hope that didn't offend you. And Billy says, I have never been prayed for before. And Oral said, well, there's lots of people to pray for you. He says, not like that. That's the first time in my life I've been prayed for. And he says, man, I've never experienced anything like that. And every time Billy and Oral get together, Billy wants him to pray over him in tongues. (laughs) They're good friends now. Oral just sent him a Cadillac version of his walker that he uses. Gave it to Billy so that he could. (laughs) And they get together and and Oral just prays over him in tongues. And Billy Graham says, man, I love it. You know what? Praying in tongues is powerful. And most of us, I bet you that there are people in here that go days and weeks, maybe some of you months. It could have been a year since you've prayed in tongues and you wonder about why things aren't working better. You've got this supernatural power from God and most people aren't using it. When you pray in tongues, if you will expect it and take these scriptures and recognize this is how Paul got his revelation and say, Father, I've got this problem. I need wisdom. I need to know what to do in my business. I need to know what to do with my kids. I need to know what to do, uh, you know, to buy a house or whatever it is. I need to know what to do in this economy. God, am I supposed to do this or this? Pray in tongues and let the Holy Spirit give you wisdom and interpret to you and inspire you in what to do. You know, when we were building our building, uh, this is back in 2004, and um, it was in the first part, I think, of I forget the exact details, but it was in like the first part of 2004 or something. uh, Or no, it was 2002 when I bought my building in December and then I was going to have to remodel it, $3.2 million to fix this. And our Bible college had grown to a place that we were desperate. We needed space. And so in 2003, uh, the banker told me, of course, you'll have this $3.2 million construction loan to get it fixed. He says, we wouldn't have loaned you the money to buy the building if we weren't going to give you the construction loan. So it's just a formality. It'll be a week or two. And he said that every week until uh, September of 2003. And in September of 2003, we still didn't have that money. And I, we were holding meetings and, and he just kept saying, oh, it's, it's done deal. You'll have it next week. And we were getting to a crisis position where we had to get this construction going. We had already spent what cash we had and we just needed the money and we could not get it. And finally... We had a meeting and he says, you know, it's been, it's been nearly a year since our first appraisal. We need a new appraisal. Let's just start the whole process over. And when he said that, that did not bless me. And I just, all I could see was another nine year or a month. And here we were going to be without this money. And I, I just could, I said, Father, I know something's not right here. And so I started praying in tongues and I was busy at the office doing some things and so I'd pray in tongues as I could. But when I got home, I built this trail and it's like a three mile uh, trail that I walk and 
I started walking and I said, Father, and I went through these exact things. I know that the spirit within me knows all things. I know that there is an answer, but I just don't have it out here in the flesh. I need to draw out this wisdom on the inside. And so I'm going to pray in tongues and I ask you to give me an interpretation and show me what I'm supposed to do to get this building finished. And so I started walking and I got this rock with it's got a flat face on it and I've painted it. And it says, if you don't, I will, talking about praising him. If you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. And so every time I walk down this trail, I, that's, I say, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And before I could even get to that rock, it's only 150 yards down the trail. It's not very far. It's not even a quarter of a mile. Before I could get, I was praying in tongues and saying, oh God, give me wisdom. Before I got to that rock, the Lord spoke to me. And reminded me of a prophecy that I had nearly two years before that said concerning all of this building, you won't need a bank because you have your own bank. And the prophecy went on to say, your partners are your bank. Your partners are going to fund this. And all of a sudden, I'd heard that nearly two years before, but I just hadn't applied it the way. And when I was praying in tongues, God brought that back to my remembrance And I got to thinking in the rest of that time I was walking, I was saying, what are you saying? Are you saying that we don't need a loan for this building? And at that time, our income at that time was around, I don't know, $200,000 a month. And Jamie had saved, I think it was either $30,000 or $50,000 in the previous 10 years. That was our total savings for the ministry. It was like one week's worth of our income. And... uh, at the rate we had been saving money, if I was just to say, all right, we're going to do it all debt-free and we aren't going to take out a loan. We're going to depend on our partners. At the rate we had been saving money, I added it up. It would have been over 100 years <laughs> for that money to come in. And if I committed to doing that, the Bible says that a godly man will swear to his own hurt and change not. And if I said that I'm not going to take out a loan, then I wouldn't take out a loan and that would be the end of it. That's it. And I thought about this long and hard because if I wasn't hearing right, I could have just killed our ministry. But, you know, I prayed about it. And I mean, within, within two minutes, I had this thought. I spent another week or more praying and making sure that I heard right because if this wasn't God, it was going to kill us. But you know what? I, I, I finally told David, I said, this is it. God has spoken to me and our partners are going to supply this money and I'm not going to take out a loan. And, you know, it did not make sense. But that's what I said. And I said, if somebody came and offered me all the money I need tomorrow, I'm not going to take it because this is what God said. And I think it was the very next day somebody came to us with $4 million. You've been approved for $4 million loan. And I said, too late. God's already spoken to me. And did you know in about, I think it was 14 months or something from that time, that $3.2 million came in plus... We had nearly doubled our expenses. We expanded television and our normal operating expenses were doubled, which would have been a miracle in itself to just cover that. We not only did that, but we also raised $3.2 million extra to get in there because I prayed in tongues and the Holy Spirit gave me a word and it's one of the smartest, best things that I ever did. (laughs) Like my mother, I think I mentioned this the other night, but... My mother was telling me right before she died, she just died uh, uh, June the 1st, 
And she was telling me right before she died, she says, you aren't smart enough to do all of this. And it's absolutely true. You know what? I wasn't smart enough to come up with this, but I was saying, God, I know that you have an answer. I prayed in tongues, asked God for wisdom, and boom, this answer came. And it's one of the smartest, best things that I ever did. The only thing I can take credit for is that I prayed in tongues and had enough sense to say, God, show me what I'm saying. That's about the only smart thing I did. And everything outside of that, it was God that inspired it. You know what? The Holy Spirit will make you look good. The Holy Spirit will make you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> I had somebody come up to me this morning and said, you may not remember this, but, and they told me about something I said to them years ago. And I said, I don't remember any of it. And he says, man, it was God. And you know what? It, it makes me look like I'm really awesome. But all I was was the Holy Spirit just giving you a word and you just say what the Holy Spirit tells you and it makes you look good. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, you've got the, the switch to flip, to start the flow of God's wisdom and power. And all you got to do is interpret it and it'll give you wisdom. You'll know what to do. You'll know how to respond. You'll know how to overcome problems. You'll know how to still have joy when everybody else is fearful. I tell you, it's powerful and very, very, very few Christians, even very few spirit-filled Christians use it. Most people only speak in tongues when they're in a service and all of a sudden here's the presence of God and you feel a goose bump and so you speak in tongues kind of as a release just to, oh, this is the Holy Spirit and you say a couple of words in tongues and that's about it for most Christians. They don't use it like a tool. They don't use it. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. We need to be speaking in tongues. Let me give this one other uh, piece of information that I think will really be helpful. When I'm talking about speaking in tongues and interpreting it, I don't stop praying in tongues and pray in English a word-for-word -word interpretation. It's not a translation. It's an interpretation. It's like 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 says, when you pray in tongues, your spirit prays, but your understanding is unfruitful. All you've got to do is get your understanding fruitful, benefiting. You don't have to stop praying in tongues and then pray in English. If you're in a church service and you start praying in tongues, the scripture says that we should give an interpretation in English so that others, or an interpretation in the known language, so that others could be edified by it. So if you're in a church service, yes, if you're praying in tongues, pray and then get an interpretation in the known language so that others will be benefited. But if you're praying by yourself, you don't have to stop praying in tongues and stop and give a translation in English. All you need is just for your understanding to become fruitful. Like when I was walking that trail and praying, I never quit praying in tongues, but in my mind, as I was praying with my mind, I just began to remember this prophecy. God began to explain to me about what to do and give me wisdom and show me. And I never stopped praying and interpreted it in English. I just all of a sudden began to understand. God gave me revelation. And I couldn't tell you how many hundreds, thousands of times I've taken a scripture and said, God, I just do not understand this. How do I understand this? It looks completely opposite to this passage over here. And I'll pray in tongues and say, Holy Spirit, give me understanding. And I'll start praying in tongues. And boom, I just understand it. It's like somebody just drew a picture for me. And I get a supernatural revelation. I remember going to a man's church. I went to his church for 20 years at Easter, every single year. And this guy had multiple doctorate degrees. Earned degrees, not honorary. 
And this guy, I went to his church for 20 years. And when I first started going, he was a little offended at me. Because he says, you are ignorant. It's obvious that you have never studied Greek and Hebrew and you do not know these things. And you come up and say that this is what this verse says and it's completely contrary to everything I've been taught. And he says, I go and study it out and look in the Greek and the Hebrew and what you're saying is there. He says, I can, I can see it once you've said it. But he says, I know you don't know Greek and Hebrew. You didn't figure this out. And he says, this is not fair. I have spent 10 years studying. And how do you know these things? And he would take offense at me. And I'd tell him, I said, well, I pray in tongues and believe God for an interpretation. And he was really offended that, you know, you could get it by the Spirit instead of just having to go through 10 years of hard effort digging it out. And he was offended. But you know what? The Holy Spirit will impart wisdom to you. God will show you things. And brothers and sisters, I'm trying to get across to you that we have so much power. We have, we have a treasure on the inside of us that as Jesus said, it is actually better for you that I leave and send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to be more beneficial than having me here. Boy, most people just, oh, no way. Yes way. The Holy Spirit, having the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is actually better than having Jesus in his physical presence. John chapter 16, verse 7. That is an amazing truth. And most of us haven't fully appreciated the Holy Spirit. We haven't used it. And so because of it, we just think, oh yeah, I came and got the Holy Spirit speaking tongues one time as a evidence that you've received and then you forget it and go your way. I'm telling you, you need to be praying in tongues. You need to be speaking in tongues. You need to be constantly saying, God, show me. Show me what today is going to hold. Show me what I need to know for today. And if you would do that, it would move you out of the realm of being only human. And it would make you into a God-possessed person that could start getting supernatural results. God will show you things about people. God will tell you things that you couldn't know. Man, I've read people's mail before. I've told people things that I can guarantee. I've had people just shocked, like, how do you know this? Because of the Holy Spirit. And here's another little clue along this. Lots of times I'll just pray in tongues. And I don't know anything that I'm saying at that moment. But I, I believe that as I pray in tongues and just worship the Lord, that it makes me sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then when I come into a meeting like this, and at the end of these services, if you've been staying around, I operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I call out things. We had a woman last night that I said somebody's collarbone was broken. And I believed it was by a wreck, and a uh, steering wheel had hit them and had broken their collarbone. And, you know, nobody responded. And nobody responded. And I kept talking and nobody responded. Finally, a woman stood and said, well, 30 years ago I did that and it's healed, but it didn't heal right. And I've always had a little bit of problem. And man, it was God speaking to her. How do you know these things? Because you, I pray in tongues and then it may be a week or a month later, I'm in a service and when I start yielding myself, what I was speaking in tongues a month ago is being revealed to me. This is how you flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's how you get the power of God flowing. 
I'm telling you, praying in tongues is one of the most important things. And, and some people say, well, it's the least gift. Well, if it's the least, man, what are the other gifts like? Amen. <laughs> Speaking in tongues is awesome. You need to be praying in tongues. And you know, here, here's another thing about praying in tongues. I need to quit. But let me just say this one last thing. When you pray in tongues, even to this day, the Bible says when you pray in tongues, your understanding is unfruitful. Now you can pray for an interpretation and get it fruitful, but I mean the natural, in the natural realm, you do not know what you're saying and your mind dislikes this. You have spent your entire life trying to be uh, a person that functions well and says smart things and is considered to be intelligent and it's just, when you start speaking in tongues, it's foolishness to the natural mind. It makes no sense. And that, in that is one of the greatest virtues of speaking in tongues. Because your natural mind every time will say, foolish, silly, nothing. And for you to continue to speak in tongues, you have got to go beyond the natural and get into faith and start getting in the spirit realm. If you don't get into faith, you will quit speaking in tongues. If you can speak in tongues, you can say a phrase or so in tongues and just do it kind of like something you just let out, you know, and it, it's not much to you. But for you to pray in tongues for an hour, I don't know if any of you have ever tried that. You ought to try it. You'll think in five minutes you've certainly been an hour. <laughs> and your carnality... If you are a carnal person that is focused on your problems and you're just so into yourself and you are so natural and you aren't flowing in the supernatural, it's, it's it'll be like pulling teeth to get you to pray in tongues. It'll be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life because your mind is used to being in control. Your mind is used to being negative. Your mind is used to worrying and operating in fear. And for you to pray in tongues, it, you just nearly have to override your mind and say, shut up, I'm going to operate in the Spirit. And that's one of the greatest benefits of speaking in tongues. It will force you to take a step into the Spirit realm. And the longer you do it, the harder it'll become on your flesh, the easier it'll become on your spirit. And you can get to where you can pray in tongues hours upon time. You can get to where you just pray in tongues without even thinking about it. You're thinking about something else and doing other things, but in your heart, you're just praying in tongues. And I tell you, it is one of the greatest things for getting you out of being a carnal, natural, mere human being and into the spiritual realm. It's one of the greatest things that you can do. And we need to be doing it. We need to be speaking in tongues. We need to be taking advantage of what God has given us. If every person who has a problem wants me to come and pray for them and please get a word and would you tell me what to do, if every one of you would pray in tongues for an hour, you'd, I bet you there's not one out of a hundred that would actually need me. Most of you, the Holy Spirit would teach you and explain everything to you that you need to know. But we just aren't utilizing it. And so you have to come and bootleg your answer off of somebody else who is flowing in the Spirit. You know what? There's no reason for you to have to do that if you will just use what God has given you. Amen? 
So is there anyone here today who does not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and this ability to speak in tongues? Man, it would be a shame for me to talk about this and get you all fired up and then you not to be able to speak in tongues. Amen. Is there anybody here who'd say, I don't speak in tongues, but I'd sure like to. I want to pray. Here's some people here. Anybody else? We've already had like 180, nearly 200 people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in these three meetings. Anybody else? If you raised your hand or if you were supposed to raise your hand and didn't do it, just get up out of your seat and come forward and we want to pray with you and help you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. This is awesome. Man, you're going to be stronger than horseradish. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for coming. Praise the Lord. Awesome. You know, remember that we've got this uh, meeting for the Bible college over here immediately after the service. I'll be praying with these for just a few moments. And they can wait on you if you're down here and want to go to the Bible college meeting. But don't leave and forget that because, man, I think that this will be good for many, many, many of you. Praise the Lord. Isn't this great? We have had at least 180, maybe more than that, received. This will be over 200 people in four services that have come to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, it's going to change your life. If you can understand what I was talking about today, now you've got an understanding. This is more than just some encounter with the Lord that you have one time and you feel something and then you forget it. This is going to give you a tool that you can use that will supernaturally start releasing the power of God. You build yourself up on your most holy faith when you are praying in tongues. Man, this is powerful. Before you can receive this baptism of the Holy Spirit, the scripture says you first of all have to be born again. You have to know Jesus personally. Jesus is the one who gives the Holy Spirit, so you have to receive the giver before you receive the gift. Is there anybody up here who's not absolutely certain about whether or not you've been born again and whether you're... uh, a changed person on the inside. Is there anybody who wants to first pray and receive Jesus as your personal Savior? Here's a lady down here. Praise God. Isn't that awesome? Anybody else? Anybody else? Are you sure? I'm not trying to put doubt in you, but you've got to be sure. And there's so many people today that just, well, I'm assuming that I go to church and I do as good as I can. Isn't that enough? No. The devil goes to church. You got to make Jesus your Lord. You got to be born again. Anybody who's not absolutely sure, here's another one. Here's a couple of more. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? All right, let's pray with those of you that raised your hand. And what the scripture says is you have to make Jesus your Lord. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. He's already paid for your sins. He's already forgiven your sins. It's not a matter of will he forgive you. It's a matter of will you receive it. Will you make Jesus your Lord? Are you willing to do that? Well, then I'm going to lead you in a prayer and I'm going to say the words that you need to say. And if you will believe, then this will work for you and you'll be born again right now. Is that a good deal? Awesome. Let's everybody say this so they won't just feel like we're listening to them. Father, just say this. Father, I'm sorry for my sin. 
I believe Jesus died to forgive my sin. And I receive that forgiveness. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I believe that you are alive. That you now live in me. I am saved. I am forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe that? Welcome to the family. Hey, God bless you. Welcome to the family. God bless you. You are a changed person. You know, you three ladies. Oh, did you pray too? Wonderful. Well, I'm going to welcome you to the family. I'm sorry I missed you. Praise the Lord. Somebody else? Oh, you're translating. Well, praise God. Did they pray with me? Well, shake hands with them there, Melinda. Amen. Amen. Isn't this wonderful? You know, you still may look the same on the outside, but in the spirit, you're a brand new person. And I've got a book that will explain this to you. You are totally different. You don't look different or maybe feel different, but you're a totally different person on the inside. And now you've got to change your brain. Your, your spirit's changed. Now you've got to change your brain. So this book will help you. Now all of you up here are born again. And according to the scripture, you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. When these got born again in their spirit, their sinful nature was taken away and now they've got a brand new spirit that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God, the significance of this is that God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That's what he created you for is to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to wonder, will God fill me? Yes, he's been looking forward to this. He's been wanting to do this. This is what he created you for. So we don't have to beg God and plead some people will say, well, you got to be holy before you get the Holy Spirit. If you could get holy without the Holy Spirit, you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. If you've got problems in your life, if you've got habits or things, that's the very reason you need the power of God. So don't feel that some failure on your part, some unworthiness is going to keep God from giving you the Holy Spirit. He is going to give whoever asks is what... Uh, Luke eleven thirteen says. So we're just going to ask one time. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and we're going to ask for this power of the Holy Spirit and this gift of speaking in tongues. And then I've got our prayer ministers that I want to invite to come up here and stand behind you. And these prayer ministers are going to lay hands on you because the Bible says that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given. So we're going to ask they're going to lay hands on you and release this power of the Holy Spirit into you. And then I want you to quit asking. There's a time to ask and there's a time to start thanking. And after you ask one time, I want you to take a step of faith and just believe that God gave you the Holy Spirit and start thanking Him for it out loud in English. I want you to start talking in English and saying, thank you, Father, that you gave me the Holy Spirit. I believe I've got it. And at that time, I want you to lift your hands because when the Bible says when you lift up your hands, this blesses God. Lift up your hands and bless the Lord is what it says. So we're going to lift our hand just like when somebody sticks a gun in your back and you go, I yield, I surrender. So we're going to ask. They're going to lay hands on you. You're going to lift your hands and start thanking God. And then those of us that know how to pray in tongues are going to pray in tongues. And as we pray in tongues, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14, 17, when you're praying in tongues, you are giving thanks unto God. You're praising God in a heavenly language. So we're going to start praising God and thanking Him. We want you to just join in with us. And if I had more time, I could explain it better. But I'm going to give you a book that will explain it. If you're ready 
You can speak in tongues right now. You'll have to speak. The Holy Spirit won't force you. You have to speak and by faith believe it's the Holy Spirit. But if you'll do that, I guarantee you this is going to change your life. It's going to give you a tool that is going to just transform everything you do. Y'all ready? Father, we thank you. Thank you that all of these now are born again. Thank you, Father, for this great salvation. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that you want to give it to us. It's not something we have to earn or beg. Thank you that you want this. So we just open up the doors of this temple. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come into our life with all of your gifts. This gift of speaking in tongues, but also all of the gifts, all of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you and want you to come in. We turn our life over and we want you to begin to start directing and controlling our life. We're tired of running it ourselves. We want a miracle. We want you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we lay hands on you and say, Receive the Holy Spirit. We loose this power and anointing of the Holy Spirit into your life right now in Jesus' name. Man, here is the power of God flowing down here. God is touching you. Right here, this is the anointing power of the Holy Spirit coming into your life right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's put those hands up. Go to thanking God. You can start in English, but thank Him that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for filling us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for this power flowing in our life right now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, those of you who know how to pray in tongues, let's pray in tongues right now. And as we worship God by speaking in tongues, you speak with us. Just start, quit speaking in English and start praying in tongues. You can't pray in tongues with your mouth closed. You got to open your mouth. You got to start making sounds. You got to make syllables that aren't syllables you understand. If you don't know what to say, you can try and say what you hear the person behind you saying. But your tongue's going to be different than theirs. You will get a unique tongue that is unique to you. You can't say what they're saying, but you got to start. So start by trying to say what they say. And when it comes out different, just keep talking. Quit listening to yourself and recognize that you're bypassing your brain and you're talking right out of your spirit unto God. Brandy di abambam rondora da valholadi imbira cobra patari tiki lavacurotoma. Just keep talking right now. Man, you are bypassing all of the unbelief and the doubt that's in your brain, and you're bypassing it and going straight from your spirit. You're praying the hidden wisdom of God. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Jesus. Cora stiti de nambarambaranta. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, the power of God is flowing. Many, many, many of these are speaking in tongues right now. This is going to change your life. There you go. Just keep talking. I'd recognize the Holy Ghost anywhere. Brandy, 
Brother, just like you felt the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit a minute ago, you know, you can feel things, but you need to recognize you don't have to have some feeling or emotion to speak in tongues. You can do it at any time. You don't have to feel something. There's a lot of people that, because they do experience a tremendous surge of emotion or something, think they have to feel that every time they pray in tongues. It's not that way at all. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let me have your attention here for just a minute. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know what? Whether you spoke in tongues or not, I believe God gave you the Holy Spirit. But you need to speak in tongues in order to release the Holy Spirit. And somebody says, well, does everybody get the gift of speaking in tongues? It's like a pair of tennis shoes. When you get them, they all come with tongues. Amen. Yes, everybody gets the gift. You, do, you have to exercise it right now. I'm not speaking in tongues. I can control it. I can start and stop it. Somebody says, so can you just turn the Holy Spirit on and off? No, he's always on. It's me that's on and off. And anytime I want to get turned on and speak in tongues, I can do it. You can speak in tongues. Anyway, I've got a lot of things that God has taught me about this, and I've written it in a book. And this book covers being born again. For those of you who got born again, it'll explain that. You need to understand what's happened to you. Man, this is, you're a brand new person. And you need to understand it or Satan will steal it from you. Ignorance is something he preys on. So I really, really, really want to give every one of you a book. This is for your own good. So we've got Samantha over here. She's the lady with her Bible in the air. And that's our prayer room right over there. And if you would just go for a moment, it won't take long. We just want to give you a book so that we can encourage you. And there's people there that will also help you if there's any questions uh, they'd be glad to pray with you and help you. But if you just go with them, we want every one of you to get the full impact of what's happened. So just follow them for just a few moments here. And praise God. We'll praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't this great? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, brother. God bless you. Isn't this great? Man, we have seen God touch a lot of people's lives. You know, again, this morning, we are going to ask that if you would like prayer, these are our prayer ministers. These are people. Tim down here is a Bible college graduate, powerful guy. He's, you're living in what, Vermont or Maine? Kittery, Maine. Maine. And uh, he's in Maine right now, but he came down for the meetings. We got a lot of these are Bible college students. They've all been through a training session and they all know how to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit and pray. And we've been seeing some great miracles. We've seen people that were in scooters and could barely stand or walk, stand and jump and run. And we've had a, yesterday morning, we had a lady that came forward for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as she was walking across the front, headed over here to the prayer room, I looked at her and she had to have a woman on each side helping her to walk. And I said, boy, you look like you could use a healing. And she said, yes. And anyway, in a few minutes, she was back in here getting prayer and she was just walking back and forth across here. Turned out she had multiple sclerosis. And within minutes, she was walking on her own around this entire auditorium, completely healed of multiple sclerosis. Isn't that great? So we've been seeing good things happen. If you want prayer, I want you to just get up out of your seat and come forward right now. Were you the one that told, this is a lady that, uh, what was it, last year, 
she had multiple sclerosis. And I prayed with her. And uh, anyway, the long and the short is that she went and got an MRI and there were 19 new lesions on her brain. And she prayed about it, thought about going to holistic medicine, doing some other things. But anyway, she finally went back. They took another MRI, totally healed, completely healed of multiple sclerosis. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. So God's been doing great things. And you know, the good thing about that is some people, when you hear that, you say, well, why didn't God do that for me? Here's the way you ought to look at it. Like you're standing in line and a person in line in front of you just got served. So that's one less in front of you. Amen. You're moving closer to the front of the line all of the time. You ought to rejoice at every person that gets healed. Amen. It ought to encourage you that if God will heal them, he's going to heal you. Don't forget that we're going to come back at 6 o'clock tonight instead of 7 o'clock. Tonight will be our last night here at this meeting. So please uh, plan on coming back. We have CDs and DVDs of the four services that we've already had. They are already duplicated and they're available out there. You can pick up this morning's. And uh, we're going to stay and pray with these. If you want to stay, we've been seeing some great miracles happen by the people who stay out here. So you're welcome to stay and pray with us. But uh, if you need to go, you're free to go. Thanks for coming. God bless you. And don't forget to pick up some of the books, CDs, and things on your way out. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we just agree and we receive, Father, your miracle power flowing for every one of these. Father, we thank you that by your stripes they've already been healed. And so we just put ourselves in agreement. We allow you to flow through us right now. And we resist these sickness and diseases. We lose this power of God to flow. And thank you, Heavenly Father, for supernatural anointing flowing right now into their bodies. We command sickness and disease to be gone now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. You know, there's cancers being healed right now. I believe that there are people in here that have had cancer and you've been standing against it, but there's an anointing flowing right now to destroy cancer. If you've been dealing with cancer, I want you to stand and raise your hand so I can see who you are and we're going to release this anointing and this cancer is dying in your body. Here's a lady over here. Anybody else? Here's some others over here. Praise the Lord. Father, for all of these, in Jesus' name, we just loose your anointing right now. And I believe that I have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living on the inside of me. I release it with my words. And it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. I use my tongue to kill cancer right now. I command every cancer cell to die in the name of Jesus. Cancer, you're dead. You spirit of cancer, loose these people and let go of them right now in Jesus' name. Right there, you can feel the anointing of God touching you. Just like a radiation or something hitting your body. Here's the anointing of Jesus killing cancer. Cancer cells are dying right now. And Father, now we lose life. 
And we believe that your anointing flows through their body and rids all of these dead cancer cells, expels them from their body. We command tumors to be gone. Father, we believe that your anointing is restoring tissue and organs that have been destroyed and damaged by cancer. We loose that anointing right now. And Father, I thank you that cancer is dead and leaving their body and healing has come and that their body is recovering from this moment forth. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we agree and we receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man, I believe that you're healed. I believe a miracle has taken place. You need to embrace this and say, it's mine. I got it. And if you ever have another pain or another symptom, you know, if cancer, every cancer cell in your body was dead right now, which I believe it is, it's still going to take a brief period of time for your body to recover. You're going to have to get your appetite back and start eating. Just because you still may look skinny or weak or whatever, that doesn't mean you weren't healed. The cancer is dead. You are recovering, but you've got to believe and maintain that faith. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord just spoke to me that there's a number of men in here that you're being healed of prostate problems right now. Whatever that is, whether it's cancer or just an enlarged prostate or whatever, there's men that are being healed of that. If that's you, I want you to stand. Raise your hand. Here's the healing power of God. Right here, I want you to stand. Here's the healing power of God. You got to be a man to get this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release this anointing right now. And we speak to whatever is causing this problem in Jesus' name. Father, I loose your power and anointing and command this prostate to be healed. We command you, Satan, cancer, to loose them and let them go now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we receive this miracle. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I believe from this time forth, that's healed. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we agree and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I believe that's a done deal. I believe you're healed. You're going to see a difference in you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody in here has damaged your ankle. I believe it's your left ankle that you've damaged it and because of that you have pain as you walk. Here's the healing power of God touching the left ankle. Who's this? Who's this that had problems with the left ankle? Okay. Who's this that had problem with the left ankle? Here's one over here. Here's one. Father, right now, here's some others back here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we loose this anointing right now and command whatever's happened to this ankle to be healed. Pain you leave right now. In the name of Jesus, we loose this anointing and speak that these ankles are healed in the name of Jesus right now. Now begin to move your ankle around. I believe that pain's left you right now. Begin to walk on it. You'll see healing. Praise God. Don't forget that we got this meeting going on for the Bible college in here if you need to go be a part of that. They're, they're meeting right through there in the prayer room. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we agree and we receive this in Jesus' name. 
You know, here's the Lord healing arthritis again. I know I've called this out before, but the Lord is ministering to people that have arthritis. If you've had a problem with arthritis, I want you to stand and raise your hand so I'll know who I'm ministering to. Here's the healing power of God available to you. Right over here, here's numbers of people that have been dealing with arthritis. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we agree, and in Jesus' name, arthritis, I rebuke you, and I command you to leave these people right now. Thank you, Jesus. You know, for some of you standing here, this arthritis has attached itself to bitterness and anger in your life. You need to let go. You need to forgive. If you don't forgive, that arthritis is going to hang on. Father, I just speak that word to people, and I believe that you're helping them to supernaturally forgive and let go of bitterness and resentment in their heart. And now, arthritis, we command you to leave them and let them go now in the name of the Lord Jesus. All arthritis be gone. Father, I loose your power with my words and command healing to flow through these joints. Here's somebody's hands freeing up right now. You've been unable to move them. It's like they were stiff and it was hard to use. Here's your hands. Begin to use your hands. Right there is the anointing of God flowing through your hands. We command all of these joints to receive this freedom. Father, thank you that arthritis is gone, that healing has come. We receive this in Jesus' mighty name. Just begin to praise God right now. There is the anointing of God setting you free. I believe that this pain is gone. Swelling is gone. Inflammation is gone. If you've had deformity in your joints, I speak that these joints are, are being healed and straightening up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, we agree and we receive this in Jesus' name. Did any of you have pain that is gone? Did you have pain before? This lady right here, your pain's already gone? Isn't that great? Anybody else that you had pain and your pain is already gone? Here's another one back here that their pain is already gone. Are there any of you that had pain that your pain hasn't gone? Come up here and let me minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, God heals every person, but you've got to learn how to receive. Here, right here. Do you have pain right now? Where is it? In your knee? In your left knee. Would you know it if this pain was to leave? Watch this. I'm just going to help you, and you can do this on your own. Father, we thank you that you've already healed her, just like I said, that your healing power is already gone. Now, knee, I command you to receive this. Pain, you leave her knee now in the name of the Lord Jesus, all of it. And whatever the root of this pain is, I command you to come out of her body right now in Jesus' name. There's the anointing of God right there flowing down through your body. Here's pain leaving your knee. Thank you, Jesus. Move your knee around now. Move your left knee. How's that feel? It's a little better. You can tell a difference. Man, there's the power and the anointing of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we agree and we thank you that all of it is gone. If we can get it a little better, we can get it a lot better. Father, we just thank you for total healing. 
total healing. Man, here's your faith rising up right now. There's the anointing of God. Thank you, Jesus. Move that knee again. How's it feeling? Can you tell the difference? How is it? Is it like on a, you know, 100%, 50%? Where are you? 70%? Man, isn't that pretty good? You know what? Let's just keep praying. If you can get 70% in one minute, it shouldn't take more than 30 seconds to get you 100%. Father, we just thank you. Now just praise God that it's done. Praise Him for the 70%. Thank you, Father, that it's feeling so much better. And we believe that that is evidence that your power is flowing in our body. And we command the 100%. We command total, total restoration. All of this pain to be gone. And Father, whatever needs to be fixed in her knee, thank you that you are fixing it. You know, you got um, bone rubbing on bone or something. Here's the anointing of God. Putting cartilage in there or whatever needs to happen. There's the anointing of God flowing through you right now. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. Thank you that your anointing is restoring her completely. How do you feel now? Move around. Feel good? She says, wow, something's going on. Amen. Are you 100%? Just about. Would you know if you were 100%? How long have you had this? Isn't that awesome? Did you know every one of you can do that? This woman, the healing power of God was already functioning in her life, but some people don't know how to respond to it. If they don't have it 100%, they focus on, well, it's not complete. I must not be healed. Instead of focusing on the fact that it was 70%, well, it just depends on how you receive things. Now, see, as we just sat here and encouraged her and prayed, here it is, 100%, things are going good. Every one of you can do that. God doesn't just release his healing to a select few. God heals every person. You have to learn how to receive. And man, praying in the Holy Ghost will help you. I believe you're doing good. How you feel? Feel good? Let's see you walk around on that healed knee. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we agree and we receive this. We thank you, Father, for healing in the mighty name of Jesus.